Hey everyone, it's Jess with Chillin' with Jess, and I'm here with my friend Kate, and she is the owner of Essential Health and Wellness Policy Care. So was this like your dream job? So yes and no. Um, obviously, like it is an absolute dream job. I am thrilled to own a holistic wellness center. I started, I so I, I I had different dreams, you know, like a long time ago. Um, when I first went to college, I went to college for social work. I did that for a while, and like that was my dream job for a while. And then, um, you know, I quit that. I did some other things. I was working in a hospital, and some things happened at the hospital that I was not thrilled about. So I quit working at the hospital and went to massage school. And that was when I really realized like, oh, this is what I'm meant to be when I grow up. Like massage therapist. I did that in that same year, I did training to be a colon hydrotherapist, a birth doula, Reiki master, um, pranic healing practitioner. And I really started my dream career. I never at that point dreamed that this early in my career, I would own my own space. Um, I was working for Holistic Fitness in Shrewsbury. And um, last year in April of 2020, while we were shut down because of COVID, um, the owners decided they weren't going to reopen. And I was like, okay, well, I can practice massage anywhere. Like I can put a table up literally anywhere they fit in the trunk of my car I take them anywhere with me and I can massage people anywhere but colon hydrotherapy I could not practice everywhere so I I reached out to the other colon hydrotherapist and was like okay well guys what are we gonna do they're closing we need to put place to place to practice and Sharon was like okay Kate well why don't you open your own place and I was like well um okay so like no like I had not really like dreamed this up prior to like that moment when Sharon said why don't you open your own place and I was just like um okay like we're doing this (laughs) um yeah so it, it just it really just happened that is an awesome story. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, and and it hasn't been easy. I mean, when I say everything just like happened, like it really, it all presented itself to me. And like, it was obviously like the universe telling me like, this is where you need to go. Yeah. Um, but it, it's been hard work, like opening during a pandemic, like all the headaches. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you have to get some licensing Yes. So, well, yeah, like there are things that have to be done when you open a business that like I didn't even know like existed, like setting up tax stuff and registering the business. Um, Because we do different things here, we have to be registered with several state boards. Uh, So we have business licenses through like the massage therapy state board. A friend of mine um, is a cosmetologist. She does hair and she was looking for a place to practice. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you rent a room here? Well, then we had to go through a whole nother licensing process in order to be licensed as a beauty shop through the cosmetology state board. So, yeah, there's lots of different like hoops to jump through with the different things that we do here. So how many employees do you have? We have... 
16 therapists right now, um, including my, no, and plus myself. Um, and then we have a 17th other therapist who is going to be starting soon. Um, she just graduated from massage school and she's taking the state uh, test at the end of the month and she'll be starting soon. So that will be a total, when she starts, we will have a total of 18 therapists practicing here. Okay, so, and it's like massage? We have four colon hydrotherapists. Okay. We have um, one esthetician, one cosmetologist, one magnotherapist, one hypnotherapist, one aromatherapist, and the rest are massage therapists. Um, and one of our massage therapists also practices transformational breath. What is that? Um, transformational breath. So, um, all of, all of your energy in your body, you know, like is coming in through your breath. Your, your breath is giving your body the fuel that it needs to, um, you know, continue with your day. And if your breathing apparatus or your, you know, lungs and diaphragm have something stuck or you're holding on to your breath for some reason, um, then, you know, you are not getting a full breath. And transformational breath work is the process of um, your breathing, you, you, the, whole, the whole session you're breathing, but you're breathing these very specific types of breaths in order to open up your breath and get full breaths um, into your body and kind of let go of those things that you might be like holding on to, which is causing you to hold your breath. Very interesting. Um, which like every, every modality that I have learned as a practitioner and just as a client of other modalities, since I've started this like journey, take into consideration a few different, um, like make a few different assumptions. And the first assumption is that our bodies can heal themselves. Our bodies are capable of, of creating and, and maintaining homeostasis or balance and healing things that are wrong. Um, the problem comes in because when we experience trauma, injury, disease, things like that, things get stuck in our bodies um, that happens to our physical body, our emotional body, and our energetic bodies. Things get stuck. That we Things that we experience get stuck. As a holistic practitioner, I, as a massage therapist, you know, I'm working with people's, like, muscles and their, like, musculoskeletal system. As a colon hydrotherapist, I'm working with people's guts, with their colon, where things might be stuck. Um, as an energy worker, I'm working more with the energetic body and things that are stuck in the energies. Um, in my yoga therapy practice, I kind of combine all of it and I work not just with the physical and the energetic, but also with the mental and emotional. Um, so as a practitioner, it's my job to assist my client in getting things unstuck. Um, and then your body can heal itself. 
And so that, though, that's kind of, you know, the, the breath work is just one piece of that because things get stuck where you're breathing. Um, and then all those other pieces. So, so healing is not one size fits all. It really, because you could have things stuck in your physical body or your emotional body or your, your energetic body. And you might need different modalities and different therapies to help get all the things unstuck so that then your body can function and ha have homeostasis and balance. Can you tell me more about the colon hydrotherapy? Yes. <laughs> that is the question that I get the most. When I when I start rattling off that list of like, yeah. okay, what, what do you do? Well, I'm a massage therapist and a colon hydrotherapist and a birth doula and blah, blah, blah. And I start, I start like going through that like list of things. Um, that's the one that everybody's like, wait a minute. Did, did you say colon? Right. What is colon hydrotherapy? <laughs> So colon hydrotherapy is a gentle cleanse of the colon using water. So I know that's kind of a vague description, um, but so we use um, a plastic single-use speculum. So we have all of this, the speculum and the tubing comes in little packages. We open them up for new for each client. Um, and then we have a machine on our wall um, well, we have filters and then a machine on the wall that helps us control the water. So what happens, you know, during the session, we do a series of fills and releases of, you know, filling the colon with water and then releasing the water and waste and gas and whatever else comes out with, with that water. Um, it is different from an enema because an enema is like one one fill you relatively small sometimes a little bigger but one fill you hold it and then you release with a colonic we're really um working with the waves and the the rhythm of your of your body we're stimulating the peristalsis or the muscle contractions of the colon to start um, working and we are stimulating so we're stimulating your body to function more normally um what happens so so the the three reasons that i see people the most um is that they're dehydrated when you're dehydrated even just a little bit your poop is the first thing that is affected by that well one of the first things that's affected by that um i notice you know i i drink a lot of water like all day every day and i notice if i like don't drink water like enough water like one day my poop is affected so that's <laughs> that's the first thing that i notice um you know there's other symptoms of being dehydrated as well um and so being dehydrated makes your stool really hard and then slow moving through your colon um if you eat processed foods your uh, poop is kind of sticky and like sticks to the walls of the colon and and moves kind of slow and sludgy and then also, um, if you're stressed out, your digestive system turns off. Um, the reason for that has to do with your um, autonomic nervous system and your stress response. Um, but so what, so what the colon hydrotherapy really does is stimulates a more normal function of your colon. Um, it helps get, it, it helps hydrate you because your body is absorbing some of the water that is being um, 
filled. And it helps that like slow, sludgy, hard stuff move. Um, it helps the matter get past the gas because sometimes if you have big gas bubbles, um, the matter has a hard time moving past that. Um, and then it's really just like stimulating your, your digestive system to turn on. So if we're in a stress response, our bodies turn the digestive system off. Because if you were like running from a bear or something, you wouldn't want to have to stop and poop. Right? <laughs> um, and so that's when our bodies are in a stress response, even if you're not actually running from a bear, your body thinks that you are. So your stress could be like, I have bills to pay and I have to get up early and go to work and I have to get the kids to school and I have to make lunches and I have to drive in traffic and I have all these things that like go through our heads all day long that cause us to feel stress. Tell our body like there's a bear, there's a bear, there's a bear, there's a bear because our that, you know, like that's, that's the stress response. Like there's no like stress response that's like oh there's not a bear but be stressed about all these other things so it's not like like biologically physically like that's just how our bodies work there's stress response and there's not um so we have to tell your body like hey there's no bear right it's okay <laughs> yeah it's okay. okay there's no bear and and breathing is a good way to tell your body that there's no bear you take certain certain like full like sigh breaths to let your body know that there's no bear. Um, but colon hydrotherapy is kind of um, a backdoor way of telling your body there's no bear. Because we, what we're doing is instead of, instead of telling your autonomic nervous system to switch from the stress response to the rest and digest, which is the non-stress response, we're actually going in and we're, we're stimulating that, those muscle contractions of the colon. So we're actually like starting, we're like turning the digestive system back on and in turning the digestive system back on, that signals to your body that there's no bear, that there's no need to be in a stress response. So I actually, in my experience, most of the time when I'm getting a colonic, I am way more relaxed than even when I'm getting a massage, um, which I know sounds crazy because like there's a tube in my butt and I'm like pooping and it's weird, but, yeah. but, you <laughs> but it's, it. it's more relaxed. You do get used to it. <laughs> um, like people, People are potty trained, right? So you're only supposed to poop when you're sitting on a toilet in a bathroom by yourself. When you're getting a colonic, you're laying down on a table, so you're not sitting. Um, you have a tube in your butt, which is weird. It doesn't hurt, but it's weird. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable. It's about the size of my thumb, and it just goes in. And, it, and the tube is just there to, like hold the muscles open because otherwise those muscles would be so tight because you know they want to hold in the poop um so the the tube is just there to like hold those muscles open a little bit so that the water can go in and the water and waste can come back out is the um, water cold or warm it is warm so 85 to 104 degrees is the safe temperature for the water and the the hydro sands the um instrument that we have that administers the water is it, it controls the temperature. It controls the temperature and it controls the pressure. That's the other thing is we are not 
power washing your colon. Like it is a very gentle flow of water. Um, I, you know, like there's a safe temperature range and it's measured in PSI, which is the pressure per square inch, I think. Um, but it's so I, I can see that little pressure gauge and I can see how, you know, fast or slow the water is flowing. Um, and there's, you know, a little like section on that that shows the safe, the safe zone for that. And, and it's very gentle. Um, and then as we start a fill, I can watch that, that pressure gauge and I can see as the water is filling, as you start to kind of fill up, as you are, as you in your body feel that like little bit of pressure like feeling like you need to poop i can see that pressure moving up on the gauge and i usually know to either like slow the water down or release the water um so there's a lot of communication that goes on during that colonic you know like i want my clients to tell me what you're feeling if you're feeling crampy if you're feeling a lot of pressure like you need to poop um or if there's any kind of discomfort at all um i keep communication with my clients the whole time but I also use those tools like that pressure gauge um, and just, you know, watching the body signals um, of my client to know um, how to administer the clonic, you know, like when to fill, when to release and things like that. How long is the process of that? So we book all of our colonics for one hour. Um, the first colonic, your, your very first appointment ever, you're gonna come in and we're gonna do a little bit of a consultation during that one hour. Um, and then your colonic, your like time actually like on the table with the tube during your first session is a little bit shorter. It's usually around 20 minutes. Um, sometimes less, sometimes more, completely dependent on the client, how they're feeling about the process. Um, but we keep that first one just a little bit shorter because it's really like an introduction to the colonic, like showing your body like, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, like I said, people are potty trained. So a lot of times during the first session or two, sometimes more, your body is still like holding on to your poop and like doesn't want to let go of it on the table <laughs> because you know you you're laying down and you're in a room with a stranger and, and it's and it's a different situation than what you're used to pooping in um so we we keep that first one a little bit shorter just to like introduce your body to the process um after that first consultation appointment then when you come in we'll spend less time talking and you can spend up to 30 to 40 minutes getting the actual colonic itself um you know 30 to 40 minutes of that hour again if the client wants to stop at any time we stop like immediately um you know sometimes people the pressure the pressure builds up a little bit and the best, the best way to describe it is if, if you picture like trying to put something like through a funnel and if there's like a whole lot of that, of that thing that wants to move really fast and then it has to get through the little tube or the funnel, um, sometimes you feel like it's just not going to make it fast enough. And so sometimes like that pressure builds up and you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to sit on the toilet and get this out. 
so we can stop anytime, like during the colonic and let the person sit on the toilet. Um, but so, so 30, 30 to 40 minutes is about how long you're sitting, you're on the table during your follow-up sessions. Oh, and then at the end of every session, first session, 100th session, at the end of every session, we stop with at least 15 minutes before the end of the hour so that our clients have time to sit on the toilet and, um, you know, finish up on the toilet before they leave. And then there's several other bathrooms in the building. If you come out of the colonic room and you're like, oh, I think I need to go again, <laughs> there's yeah. other bathrooms. Does it make you nauseous at all? So the only thing that would make you nauseous during the colonic itself is if you had eaten too close to your session. So, um, so what happens is when we start the colonic process and we're filling water into your colon, your body's absorbing some of that water because your colon's two main jobs are to uh, eliminate waste and absorb water. So your body starts absorbing some of the water that's being put in. And when anything is absorbed through your colon or your small intestines, anything that's absorbed in your digestive system, um, go straight to your liver. Your liver is the first thing, you know, like your liver filters all of that before that blood goes to like your heart to pump to the rest of your body. So when we start the colonic and your body's absorbing a lot of the water, it's going straight to your liver. So then your, your liver is filtering through more. Um, and so your liver is kind of like working, working more than it usually does. So then if you have food in your stomach that also needs to be digested, your body's like, wait, no, we're, we're busy. You know, your, your body doesn't, your digestive system doesn't always like multitask as well as you'd hope it does. So if there is food in your stomach and your body starts like focusing on what's being absorbed from the colon too much, you know, like there's, there's like an increase. So there's a lot more going on. Your body's like, no, I can't, I can't digest what's in that stomach right now. So it's, your body's going to tell you to just throw that right up. Um, I've only seen one client ever throw up and she walked in the door with like a McDonald's coffee. And I said, is there sugar and cream in that coffee? And she said, oh, just a little bit. I'll be fine. I've had colonics before. And I said, okay. I said, cause you really shouldn't have the sugar and the cream right before your colonic. And she said, really, it's okay. I've, I've done this before. I'll be fine. And she was fine during the colonic itself. Mm -hmm. And then when we finished the colonic and she sat on the toilet, um, probably like two or three minutes later, I hear her like yelling for help um, because she had thrown up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I like I, I said, I like kind of like felt it coming because she walked in with that coffee and right. it had like cream and sugar in it. Um, and that was, and what happened was like her body was, you know, started focusing on what the colonic was doing and what was in her stomach was just like gotten rid of because it didn't have time to digest that right now. Right. Um, that's, the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> Most of the time what we do is we tell people don't don't eat two hours before your appointment and only drink water. 
So after two hours, you know, so if your appointment's at one o'clock, after 11 o'clock, um, just drink water. And, and what about after the... After the colonic, um, you do what you feel comfortable doing. Um, I recommend eating light, especially right after the colonic. Um, eat something that's easy to digest and small until you know that your body is ready for more. Um, some people choose to like wait a couple hours before they eat anything. I, for one, like as soon as I finish a colonic, I'm like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like just like all in my head, like, oh, I just emptied all this stuff out. I need to like refill. <laughs> um, or just like that's that's how I feel. But I, a lot of times when I finish a colonic, I'm like so hungry. I just want to like eat food. Um, but I always eat just something light and easy to digest first, like a, a juice or a smoothie or a brothy soup or a cooked vegetable, something that my body is going to like easily digest. And, you know, if I eat, I know for myself, if I eat like sugary foods or like fatty, greasy foods, um, those don't always um, agree with my, or my digestive system does not always agree with those choices. <laughs> Um, partially because I don't have a gallbladder and the, the gallbladder is what helps, um, digest the greasy, sugary, fatty foods. And so if I have those, my body's like, mm -mm, nope, <laughs> I don't have mine either. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, do you notice that at all? Like yeah. there are certain foods that like, if you eat them, it's like almost like instantaneous. Your body's like, no, why did you just do that to me? <laughs> yeah. I like, I feel like I go to the bathroom more frequently now mm -hmm. than ever. Mm-hmm. That's also um, from because because you're like certain foods, especially because your body doesn't have that tool to help digest those foods. It just kind of like pushes it through. Yeah. Um, goes to the front of the line. <laughs> Do you suggest the colon therapy for everybody? Or There are some cases where colon hydrotherapy is not a right fit. Um, if you've had abdominal surgery, a recent abdominal surgery, a surgery of any kind, um, it is not a good fit because your body, your, your insides need to heal from that surgery first. Yeah. And then there are a few other, um, diagnoses, a, a few other things that people can have that, that causes colon hydrotherapy to be not as safe, um, things like that are that cause your colon to be inflamed or it's the diverticulosis I believe is the one where it causes like like pockets in your colon and those like pockets are actually just like thinned thinned tissue like the walls of your colon are really thin in that spot because the muscles are not like the muscles are not holding that tissue in and so that is not a good fit for colon hydrotherapy because that spot is weaker that spot in your colon is weaker and it's not like I said I'm, we're not power washing with the colon hydrotherapy yeah. but because your body is already compromised or your body already has that weak spot it can cause issues um so when you go in for like a colonoscopy, when you're due for that, do they know if you did the colon hydrotherapy? Um, 
Not necessarily. Or like, I does it think. help or? Um, so I've had clients, um, one of our clients from Holistic Fitness actually kind of developed his own little like protocol on how to prepare your body for a colonoscopy using colon hydrotherapy. Um, and he did this through like kind of trial and error, like when, when to do the colonic, when to start the like liquid diet and when to, um, you know, get and, and, and how to do all of that before your colon, your colonoscopy. Um, and he shared that information with us. So what, what that uh, what he did during his preparation for his colonoscopy is he did three colonics the week before his colonoscopy now he knew he had had colonoscopies before and he knew that he didn't have any of those things that caused colon hydrotherapy to be um contraindicated and for the most part if you do have one of those things that causes colon hydrotherapy to be contraindicated you would know it right um but so he did a colon hydrotherapy session the day before his colonoscopy. He did one three days before his colonoscopy, and he did one, I believe, five days before his colonoscopy. So every other day during those days leading up to his colonoscopy. And after the second one, so three days before his colonoscopy, is when he started his liquid diet. So like after that colon hydrotherapy session, the three days before, he then, you know, switched to his like broths and jellos and water for those like two days before the session. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk, since we're in that area, <laughs> yes. what is the... It's like the vaginal thing. Oh, the peri-steaming. Yes. Or yani steam or vaginal yes. steaming. Is yes. So peri-steaming or vaginal steaming, or some people call it a yani steam, um, is the act of sitting over steeped herbs or even just hot water, like hot steam, like just plain water or water with herbs in it. Um, for the purpose of bringing balance to your body or helping, helping your body balance. Another one of those things where we're helping get something unstuck so that your body's energy or your circulation can flow more freely and heal itself. So, um, I first learned about peri-steaming because I had a doula client who was using steaming as part of her postpartum care which was totally awesome. Like in some cultures, all women steam after they give birth to babies in order to, you know, heal their bodies uh, or, or assist in healing their bodies because our bodies heal themselves. Right. They just sometimes need that assistance or, or help getting something unstuck. So that's when I first learned about it. Um, and I just, like, she was telling me about it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to learn more. And then I decided that I wanted to become a facilitator so that I can steam with my doula clients. But then in the process of taking the class and learning how to do it, that's when I learned that it's not just for postpartum care. It can help just about anybody with a ton of different, like, things um, there have been case studies where it has reduced the size of cysts and fibroids. Um, it can help with fertility 
and it can just help with people who don't have a normal cycle. Um, I put normal in quotation marks. Um, you can't see that on a podcast, That's but <laughs> maybe you can also hear it in my voice when I say that. Um, but what, so I, I say that like that because one of my biggest pet peeves is when doctors or somebody like tell a person like, oh, well, that's just your new normal. And, and that, and that applies to both the colon hydrotherapy, like pooping, like people should poop every day. And some doctors are like, oh, well, if you don't poop every day, that's just normal for you. Like some people say that and like, that's not, that's not (laughs) and then also with periods. So I was told by a doctor at, so Almost six years ago, I gave birth to my baby, to my my last baby that I gave birth to. And when I started my period back up again, after I gave birth to her, I had extremely heavy periods. Um, So bad that after about nine months of these like super duper heavy periods, I went to the doctor because I thought there was something wrong. I don't know why I waited nine months, but... (laughs) um, you know, I, I really thought there was something wrong because I had right. never bled like that. It was extreme. Um, like I, my diva cup, I filled up like once every hour. Ooh. Extreme. Um, and here's my wife saying, oh, well, I changed mine like, you know, twice a day-ish. And I'm like, really? Because if I don't change it like every hour, I'm like leaking out of it. <laughs> yeah, that is really um, a lot. Yeah, so it was like really, really a lot. So I went to my doctor and she did, you know, like ultrasounds, she did blood work, she did all the things, she checked, you know, she went through her checklist of like what could cause that. She didn't find anything and she said, oh, that's just your new normal. But you don't want that to be your new normal. Exactly. But I, but I accepted that. It, in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, there's nothing physically wrong with me, so I just have heavy periods. Like that's just, a, I just have heavy periods. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't question it. I just went about my life with these crazy heavy periods. And then I learned about peristeming where, you know, during my class, they talk about what what is a normal cycle. Four days of fresh blood. No spotting before or after those four days. No super dark blood that because that's a sign of it being old. very few clots or like like no clots really like mm-hmm. and and it should just be four days of fresh blood and it should not fill up a diva cup once every hour right. <laughs> that is that right. is not the way it should be <laughs> and I was like oh so that's not my new normal and I so then I, I started steaming and it was it was about I went through about a six month process of of healing my womb, um, and it took more because like I said earlier, like healing is not one size fits all. So it wasn't it wasn't just the steaming. Like I started out with just steaming. Like that I was like oh like I need steaming. That obviously like is this is not normal. <laughs> this is not actually normal. Um, there's something going on here. So I started steaming. Um, my first couple of cycles after I started steaming, um, were more intense 
is the way I will put it. I have more cramps than mm -hmm. I usually would. Um, which, because even with that super heavy period, I wasn't having many cramps. So I did, I did steaming for, I, for a while, you know, I, I continue steaming. I still steam at least once a month. Um, but during those six months that I was really going through this healing process, I was doing it, um, between three and six times a month. So then as I was continuing this process of steaming, I was also doing some abdominal massage, um, mostly the, the Mayan abdominal massage techniques um, and the, the self-care techniques that come along with that. Um, and then also I started doing, I took this orthopedic yoga therapy class and I didn't even know when I signed up for this back care orthopedic yoga therapy class that I was in that we would do a pelvic floor class and that pelvic floor class really that that was like kind of a huge game changer too um you know because I had been doing the steaming for a while and the steaming was doing a really good job of helping um you know clean out what needed help being cleaned out but then I also did this pelvic floor yoga class and that was like crazy the response that my body had to that class so the combination of that the steaming the abdominal massage and this yoga class is really what has gotten me to where I am now so it's been now it's been about a year like I said, it was really like six months of like intense healing. And then I got to the point where like I was having the normal period. I still have like one day where it's like a little bit heavier, but it is definitely not like once an hour <laughs> heavy. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Yeah. How long is a steaming process? Like is it um, so I schedule the like consultation session for one hour. And during that one hour, um, we first talk about what your goals are, where, where you are, because I meet all my clients where they're at. So the first thing I do is just talk to you and see like what's going on in your life. Why are you steaming? You know, what, what are your goals and all that? And then um, we determine what herbs you should use. And I, I have a, a pretty long intake form for steaming and it helps me decide what herbs to use. Um, and then while I prepare the herbs, um, so, you know, we talk first and then I'll step out of the room to go, to go mix the herbs. And while I mix the herbs, my client will go use the restroom because you want to um, have an empty bladder when you start steaming um, because the steam will make you feel like you need to go, <laughs> even if yeah, you don't. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we always have people start with an empty bladder so that they're more comfortable. And then I bring the, the water and the herbs back in the room. I have like a little hot plate that I use to like boil the water. And then I put the herbs in to steep the herbs. While I'm doing that, I'll do some abdominal massage with my client if they're comfortable with me um, massaging their abdomen. If they're not comfortable with me massaging their abdomen, I'll do some like foot massage or neck and shoulder massage. Um, and then once those those herbs are steeped, then I put the, I use a little like tea kettle. I put the tea kettle into the steam chair um, and take off the lid and then I'll step out of the room and let you sit down on the herbs and you sit on the, you sit over the steam for 10 minutes.
um, it, the, so a 10 minutes is a mild steam. For your first time, you should always do that 10 minute steam. Um, depending on your like health history, depending on your situation, some people should always do that 10 minute mild steam. And some people can work up to like a 20 or 30 minute steam. Um, so during that first session and during any consultation session, I always will do a 10 minute steam if the person is a good candidate to do a longer steam then we'll if we're doing a follow-up session I'll schedule that for a longer period of time um, and also I can send people home with herbs so after I steep your herbs for your steam here if you want to be able to steam at home as well because it is recommended most like steam plans it's recommended to do more than one time in a month um, but I don't expect you to like come in here every time. So I'll steep some herbs and I'll put them in a jar. Um, like I said, it's basically like making a tea and I put them in a jar and seal it. You can take it home and keep it in your refrigerator and it's good for about two weeks. So that'll give you another oppor opportunities to do at least three more steams, um, over the next couple weeks before you start your period. Cause you don't ever want to steam when you're bleeding. Very good. Does it help yes. with like yeast infections? Um, so it can't like cure a yeast, a yeast infection. Um, in fact, sometimes if you're if you're particularly like itchy or irritated, you might not want to steam um, because it may make you more itchy and irritated. Oh, yeah. Um, like in the in that immediate time, um, but if you are like prone to infections, like it's something like where you you get infections often, whether it be yeast, bacteria, um, steaming while you're not having those like peaks of like more ir being more irritated or actually having an intense infection. Because we're, we're bringing circulation to that part of your body and we're helping your body balance, um, your body can then get to a point where it can more easily balance itself and not be as prone to those infections. Very good. And there are um, specific herb blends that can be used that are like a disinfecting herb blend um, or a cooling herb blend can be used for people who are more prone to infections. Nice. Where do you get your herbs from? Like, do you... So I buy most of my herbs from a local shop. Um, I really like buying them there because when I go in and I order certain herbs, they have them like marked with contraindications. And then they give me this like sheet of like, here, here are the contraindications for the herbs. And so I like knowing that information, which of course I could find that information on my own, but I really like that they just like hand it to yes. me and be like, Hey, here, here, this is, you don't have to do any, any, like, you know, like all of your own research to know like what the contraindications are for the specific herbs. Um, so and it's someone local. Yes. That's even so better. I, yes, I, I like having that, um, you know, information given to me. So the herbs that I keep here, I have marked with what the contraindications are, but then also um, the blends that I use are blends that I learned um, while I was doing my class. So the herbalist who taught that portion of my class, 
um, talked to us about what herbs to use for what situations. And, and we really just like have a, a recipe. It's like having a little recipe book. Like these are my, my gentle herbs. These are my disinfecting herbs. These are my cleansing herbs. And these are my, um, cooling herbs. And I follow which recipe based on what the person needs. Very good. Do you use herbs with, um, aromatherapy? Um, so when I do like aromatherapy massage or something like that, mm -hmm. I usually use essential oils. Okay. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Um, so I, I personally love doTERRA essential oils. That's what I use. Um, I, about eight years ago, I learned about essential oils and I tried several different kinds. Um, and I landed on doTERRA because they were one of, they were one of the best quality. I actually keep another kind just so that you can smell the difference between these like other brands versus the doTERRA because there's one brand of essential oils that, well, more than one that I've experienced that like has a really like petroleum-y type smell. And it just is crazy to me. Like, that's obviously not a pure oil. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I won't go into so much detail about that. But anyway, when I'm doing the massage, I practice either the aroma touch technique um, or the symphony of the cells, which the symphony of the cells um, is a method of combining different oils for different purposes. The, the different oils that support different... Um, parts of your body. So there's like a digestive um, protocol, there's an immune system protocol, there's, um, you know, like different supportive protocols for different parts of your body. And those oils, you know, help support the different functions of your body. And you have a class about that, right? Um, yes. So Holly, one of our practitioners who she actually practices, um, human design here which is amazing um she also teaches oil classes so for a while we were doing once a month and like summer happened and we got really busy so hopefully now that like our schedules will settle down a little bit more we'll get back to that um once a month for the classes um we also have an aromatherapist here who she does consultations with you um, and gets to know like what you need and she'll make, um, she'll make different products that are custom, custom made or custom mixed for you. Are they all the Dator, the, say it for me? Doterra. Doterra. Um, our, aroma, our aromatherapist chooses not to use Doterra. Okay. Um, she, you know, has done her own research and, and her own smell testing and, and, quality testing and she uses a different brand okay so do most of the therapists just have a specific one that they like um so as far as like the therapist the massage therapist so all of the massage therapists like bring their own stuff as far as like their massage oils and things like that um I think that most of them use doTERRA 
I know that like a couple use Young Living, which those are, you know, good, good rules too. Um, but yeah, I, and I keep, I mean, I have oils, I have my own oils lying around all over this place. Like, so they're always here. <laughs> <laughs> do you still do the doulas? Services? I do. Um, I have very well. I've I've never done the doula services like full time, um, because I do other things. Mm-hmm. So I usually only take on one, maybe two clients at a time. I actually have a client who's due on September second, so I'm kind of on call right now. Um, but I, yeah, I only take on birth doula clients. I would say like maybe a couple a year because I just, I do other things and yeah. Um, it gets, it gets difficult for me. Like, like now, like I'm on call. Like I, if my doula client calls me, we would have to like stop what we're doing and yes, so that you can <laughs> be like, um, I gotta go now. So and so it baby. makes it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it makes it, it makes it more difficult to have like a, a normal day of seeing clients when I'm on call because I'm like constantly checking my phone and like, okay, sorry, I'm going to have to cancel the rest of my clients for the day or, you know, call in a backup. And most of the time I'll like tell, like, especially my regular clients, like I, I had a client that I saw the other day and like, I had, when we booked together a month ago, I said, oh, by the way, during that, you know, I'll be on call at the end of August. And so when I saw him the other day, he's like, I assume your client's still pregnant. I said, yep, my client's still pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so like my regular clients uh, who see me for like massagical and hydrotherapy get to know, like they, they mostly all know when I have a doula client coming up because I'll warn them like, hey, I might have to cancel last minute or have somebody else fill in for me. And they're all really cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've only, I have only had to cancel clients one time. So I, um, you know, I've been a doula for as long as I've been a massage therapist. And shortly after I was a colon hydrotherapist. So I've had, this is my 13th client. Um, or my 13th birth is happening this you know soon (laughs) who knows when (laughs) who knows when but soon um but in all of in all of those births I have never had to I only once I've had to cancel clients um and it wasn't because I was at the hospital it was because I had just finished a birth and I was like so tired and I was like I I'm not gonna be able to bring it my all. Right. <laughs> um I need to I need time to recover. So I just had two clients. I rescheduled them both to the following week and they were both super cool with it. Um and that's the only time like my all the rest of the babies have very conveniently come when I've on my days off. <laughs> they knew not that I can plan that, but those babies <laughs> cooperated very well. <laughs> Um, okay, so is Reiki the same as yoga, or are they different? Oh, totally different. Um, can we pause yeah. for a minute? Yeah. And then when I, I need to use the bathroom. Okay, we can. So let's talk about Reiki first. Yes, okay, so Reiki is um, Japanese word for universal life energy. Um, so, you know, we're all, we, we are, we are all made up of energy. We all have energy in our bodies. Um, it's all around us. It's 
air we breathe. It's, you know, everything. Um, the practice of Reiki is, so, so you go through training or like um, education and attunements in order to know how to and to prepare your body to um, use the energy that's around us for the purpose of like directing that energy to our clients. Yeah, so so during, during that practice, um, we're basically like, like the vessel for the universal life energy. <clears throat> we, um, use our hands most of the time. Um, you know, it can also be done from a distance and you're not, you know, necessarily holding your hands on or near your client. You can kind of direct that energy from a distance. Um, but you, you learn Reiki so that in, and you have attunements for Reiki so that your body is prepared for that, um, transfer of energy. So basically you're transferring energy to your client. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's not my energy. I'm not, I'm not losing anything in the process. Actually, like as you're giving a Reiki session, the universal life energy or the, um, some people call it God energy. Some people, um, you know, call it the cosmos. Some people call it the universe, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever you believe in, you don't have to believe it's not necessarily a religion thing you don't have to believe a certain thing you just have to accept the fact that there is an energy out there that can be can be used can be directed into our clients or into yourself um and you're really just putting that energy there um because the energies in our bodies like I said, things can get stuck um, when we experience disease, trauma, um, anxieties, you know, anything, injuries, they can get stuck in our energies as well as our physical bodies. And when, it, when you have things stuck in your energy and your energy isn't flowing through your body, it can cause even more, you know, disease and, and issues. And when we can help that energy flow more freely through your body, then your body can heal itself. Um, so we use Reiki, Reiki energy to help clear out the energetic bodies and, and help that energy flow. And how long of a session is that? Um, you can do, well, like you can schedule the energy sessions with us at either 60 or 90 minutes. Um, when I have clients who schedule sessions with me, sometimes we'll do, you know, like, like sometimes, sometimes it'll be like a massage. And so, and then they just want to like add on Reiki. So like, I'll give a massage for like 45 to 50 minutes and then I'll do like 10 minutes of Reiki. Um, you know, that being said, when I'm, when I'm giving a massage, a lot of times I'm also practicing Reiki if my client is comfortable with that, because I will in my head, um, like do some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, like the, 
like distance healings and Reiki blessing type things in my head while I'm giving a massage. So if my if my client is open to that energy, they are receiving that as well while I'm giving the physical massage. And then and then I can do some just Reiki either before or after that massage session as well. So what is the setup for the Reiki? Is it the person laying down? Or... Yeah, so it's usually like on a massage table, just like a regular massage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're here for just energy work, generally you leave your clothes on. <laughs> when you're coming for massage, we have you undress to your comfort level um, because massage is best done, you know, skin to skin and not yeah. through clothes. So when you come for a massage, you're, you know, undressing and getting under the sheets. And when you're coming for just energy work, you're leaving your clothes on. Good point. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the biggest difference. Um, so yeah, so if you're coming, and, and also with Thai massage, and there and there are other massages that you do keep your clothes on. Um, that's something I like to talk about with people, yeah. um, especially people who don't come for massage often. There, there are some people who are really like self-conscious about their bodies and they're like, uh, it would not be relaxing for me to receive a massage naked in a room with a stranger. Like that's not their idea of comfort (laughs) and that's okay. Um, because there are some massage modalities that can be practiced through clothes, like Thai massage, um, or like yoga therapy type massage. Like you can do that while your client is fully dressed. Um, you can do craniosacral therapy while your client is dressed. What is that? Um, that is another modality of massage that focuses on the craniosacral rhythm or the um, the flow of cerebral spinal fluid from your brain down your spinal cord and how um, that flow is affected or, you know, felt through your body. Um, so, yeah, there's like different modalities that you can practice with clothes on. So if we have someone who really wants to come in for massage, but they're not comfortable getting naked and and being, you know, uh, undressed, then there's other things that we can do. And I think it's worth a conversation. Like if if somebody is wanting massage and they're not sure what to schedule or who to schedule with, I would love to talk. Um, I we have a new so I we actually are going to have a new website really soon. Um, and one function that we are going to have on our new website is for clients to be able to request a like phone consultation with a practitioner before they schedule an appointment. So especially with colon hydrotherapy, people get really nervous and they have lots of questions. So we are super happy to talk to them and walk them through the process. But also if we have somebody who is wants to take part in massage, but like they're not comfortable and they have questions, that's what we're here for. Right. So so soon when when our new website is up and running, we will have that option for people to um request a consultation and like a phone call and we will talk talk them through whatever might be holding them back or or we can talk to them about what their goals are like what are you what is your goal so like 
if they're if they were experiencing something similar to what I was experiencing after I had my daughter like yeah. so this is this is what's going on in my life what modalities do you have that might help I would say you know you might want to try steaming you might want to try um some massage you might want to try some yoga or you know like that and so like like there's different things that we offer for people and if they have like a specific health goal not that we are diagnosing prescribing or treating anything because we're not doctors but I can we can guide them to the modalities that might support their health I like that support their health (laughs) yes uh, you still do like the cupping? Yes. Can you tell me what the benefit is of cupping? So again, we're getting things unstuck. Um, so when you're massaging somebody, you're applying pressure to into like into their bodies to their bodies. When you're cupping, the cups are actually applying like. A, or suction to the body so it, it's moving things in a different way instead of that pressure pushing on the body the the cups are pulling on the body and it and it just gets things moving and flowing in a different way um they can be like applied and like moved around they can be applied and they just kind of sit there um, of course, in the Olympics, all the swimmers get cupping. I don't know why all the swimmers and like yeah. <laughs> nobody else, but I always, I guess maybe because their shirts are off more. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, you know, the swimmers always have the cupping marks on their backs. It is so, it is so great for helping um, bring the circulation to those muscles to heal them. It is great for, um, uh, because it applies like that suction instead of that pressure, it can break up like adhesions and scar tissue and things like that in a different way than just a regular massage can. And what about sound therapy? Sound therapy is so awesome. Um, so sound therapy can be a session all by itself. It can be added to a massage and it can also be part of a guided meditation um, I also very often use it at the end. So I practice Thai and yoga therapy like massage. And at the end of a session, um, you know, I'll usually have my client, you know, continue to like lay still and comfortable and I'll do a little bit of sound therapy at the end. Um, but sound therapy, you're using the, the frequencies and the sound waves of the instruments to have an effect on the body um especially if it's like during a massage where like you're using a bowl that's like sitting on the person's body it's so crazy how when you when you like hit a hit the bowl to like make it ring it sounds differently in different parts of the body because of the way those sound waves are being absorbed into the body and not just going out into the air does it vibrate on like if it's on your back does it vibrate <clears throat> yeah it really does um and they don't even have to actually be touching you to feel that vibration from the sound too oh, it is yeah. so cool like you can just have bowls around you and you hit them and, and you feel that vibration i also have a gong which is really fun to play with too <laughs> that is pretty cool <laughs> yeah uh, let's talk about the thai and yoga yeah um so I I practice Thai yoga massage, which um, 
with the Thai therapy, you know, there's very specific like routines that you use that 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 I practice that um you know, they're the purpose is to balance your body, to bring balance to your body. Um, but then I also I and and we have other therapists who are also um certified in the Thai massage therapy. Um, but then I've also taken an orthopedic yoga therapy class with Michelle Fleming. And um, in that class, she talks about how to use yoga positions both during massage. So we're not, I'm not just doing like passive, like stretching and massaging like in Thai, but I'm actually having people get into different positions and then massaging them in those positions. Um, and also using some of like, like that pelvic floor yoga, yoga class that I took. I have shared that with clients before. I actually shared that with my doula client the other day. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Because she's getting ready to push a baby out down right. there. <laughs> it's a good area to start at. Yeah. So, so let's work on that. <laughs> um, and, and the purpose of, of that particular class with the, the like orthopedic yoga therapy pelvic floor class is not just to like strengthen, but also to like relax and like undo some of tightness that people might have in their pelvic floor. Um, But yeah, and then we also, I also have a therapist. I have um, a yoga teacher, somebody who's a a registered yoga teacher who can teach one-on-one yoga classes as well, um, where you know, she teaches a yoga class based on what your needs are. Like if you've got like some shoulder issues, she will teach a yoga class like specifically around that. Very good. Yeah. So let's talk about the pelvic floor. So if you are jumping on a trampoline and you just like go to the bathroom, that helps, right? Um, (laughs) yes, I will tell you since, since I went through that whole, you know, six months of womb healing. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere, somewhere between the steaming and that pelvic floor yoga that I practice, I pee a whole lot less when I sneeze and cough and jump on trampolines. (laughs) I don't know which part of it actually did that, that healing, but I definitely pee my pants less. Awesome. That, that is a win. <laughs> every single time my son's like, let's go to the sky zone. I'm like, oh, you're right, like, okay, let me... let me put my pad on before I leave yeah. the house. <laughs> let me just bring some extra clothes yeah. just in case. Exactly. No, I feel you. Yeah. Like my, it's so funny. Like if I'm standing up and like I sneeze, I still like have that habit yes. of like crossing my legs and bracing myself before I sneeze. Right? Like, but I have definitely noticed since I did all that that healing down there with all of the different things that I've done, 100% IP less. That is good, good news. Still happens every once in a while, you know, like I still push babies out down there, but <laughs> but it definitely happens less and that makes me really happy. It's funny, like 
when it when it does happen like like it all of a sudden happened one day and I was like oh I was like holy moly I was like that hasn't happened in a really long time and you were like and yes. I was like really excited it's like it's like I didn't notice that I was it had it was happening less until it like happened one day and I was like oh well that hasn't happened in a while that is yeah very good. it is definitely less that is, that is definitely something that I've experienced from one of the things that I did, you know, like, like I said, I, I do different things. So I don't know which I, which one to attribute that to. Right. But it could be all of them. Yeah. It's a combination. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Other ones. Mango therapy. Magno therapy. Magno Yeah. Sorry. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Um, magno therapy is the use of magnets. Magnets. Like that actual like magnets. Not mangoes. My bad. <laughs> That's okay because those are probably really healing too. Right. I don't know if they are quite the same if you like put that on here. Anyway, um, the, the magnets are used um, to reduce inflammation, bring circulation um, to different parts of the body. So she actually like puts uh, magnets on your body and like moves them around in a certain way so that um, it helps your body heal. So that would help, like, arthritis with I inflammation? So. Yeah. Um, and it can help, like, like, one thing that she has, like, some pictures of, some, like, before-after pictures of is, like, varicose veins. Oh. She's got some, like, before-and-after pictures of, like, visibly reduced um, because it helps increase the circulation. It, help, it helps that circulation. Um, also, just, like, inflammation in general you can you can like see a difference after a session with the magnets. Well, that's good. Yeah. My favorite are before and after pictures. I know because like you can actually see what's happening. Yeah. That's what's funny. You know like a lot of massage therapy you're you're not really like all the way seeing like you might kind of see like if somebody has like range of motion issue and then like you do some massage and like oh like they can move in a different way now. Um but, like, the one place that I practice where I can visibly, like, see what I'm doing is the colon hydrotherapy. Because you see that poop. Right. <laughs> you can see the poop. That is, that is the practice that I personally practice that I can visibly see what I've done. Right. <laughs> As, you know, a practitioner, I can see what's happening. So is that your most favorite thing to do? People ask me this all the time, like, what do you, what do you like to practice the most? What I like the most about my practice is that I get to do different things. Yes, um, I, you know what, that I like is, that. Yeah, that is yes. what I like the most. So, like, in a single day, I might have a doula, like, see, be seeing a doula client, a massage client, a Thai massage client, a colonic client, a peristeming client, and I'll have, like one of each in a day yeah and I love that and your days never the same never and that's perfect yeah what are you hoping for the future for your business so of course I mean I want to see this business be here forever um my own goals for like <clears throat> where I want to like end up is that someday I want to like buy land like out outside of the city and have a 
health retreat. So I want to have colon hydrotherapy, have massage, have salt baths, have saunas, have nature, and have it be an all-inclusive experience for people to come to achieve their health goals. Um, like I'm gonna, I, you know, like I have this picture in my head of what it's gonna look like and you know, people can come and say, you know, like I need, I need to do a cleanse. My whole body needs to cleanse. So I'll have this like, you know, spectacular chef who like cooks for you the foods that will support your body in its cleanse and you'll have colon hydrotherapy you know, every other day while you're there and you'll get massage and you'll sit in a sauna and you'll have like a full, not just like a spa experience, but like a full health retreat experience. And that's my like goals in life. <laughs> that sounds so nice. I think you are doing a retreat coming up. I am doing a retreat coming up. So it's really, it's really funny. A couple years ago, you know, I, I had this picture in my mind of like what I'm going to have someday with like this land and this like retreat experience. And then I was invited to, well, I saw a friend was hosting a retreat at like an Airbnb. And I was like, that's crazy. I was like, so I don't have to wait until I buy this. <laughs> this by land, the land because like who knows when that's gonna happen <laughs> I was like so I can host retreats now I don't have to own a space but actually the space where we're hosting the retreat in September um is a family property from a, a friend of mine my friend Holly who's hosting the retreat with me her family owns this land so it's a little um it's like a little hunting cabin it's like Nothing super fancy, but it is a place to like fully immerse yourself in the healing <clears throat> and in the um, experience, like fully immerse yourself in the experience. We are um, hosting this retreat on the week that has the September full moon and the fall equinox. So we are going to use the energy from the earth and the moon on those days to um to guide and um support our experience it's gonna be that. super fun so will it be how many people are you allowing to go um we can have up to six people um we have three people signed up right now so there are still spots open um and what is included is so each person will get um, will will get to do a steam. Um, we're, so we're gonna do peri steaming there. Um, I'm also going to do a, a Thai yoga therapy session with each client. So each client will get while they're there a Thai yoga therapy session from me. Um, and then each person will also get two one to one sessions with Holly. Um, which will be both, well, one, one will be kind of surrounding like the human design and one will be, um, just like a kind of guidance appointment or, you know, like session where she'll just like get to know what your goals are and, and figure out a way that we can support your goals. Um, 
because it's the full moon and the fall equinox, I went out and I bought these, um, like, galvanized, like, horse trough stock tanks. Yeah. And we are going to do full moon cleansing baths, like, outside, like, under the full moon. That's cool. Um, there are pictures, like, on, like, that we've posted. I'll share one with you so that you can, like, post it with us if you want. But, like, um, I bought this, like, big stack tank and, like, we wanted to, like, make sure that it was going to, like, work well. So, like, we filled it up with water and we were, like, okay, well, let's, like, take some pictures so that we can put it with, like, our marketing materials and, like, share that and stuff. Well, we didn't take the time to you know like boil water and like make sure that it was like warm water it was freezing (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I was like we were like okay we need some pictures and I got in that thing and I was like oh my gosh I can't breathe (laughs) like I was I was seriously having trouble breathing because my body was so and then she was like you need to look more relaxed so that we can take these pictures and I was like "Uh, I'm not relaxed (laughs) so when we actually do it for real with our clients we plan on like boiling water and mixing it with the ice cold well water (laughs) that comes from the hose to make sure that you have a nice relaxing experience and not a freezing cold experience. <laughs> um, but that's one thing that's going to be included. Trial um, and error. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then another thing that we're including in this retreat that we've never done before. Well, we've never done these baths before either, so that's kind of exciting. But another thing that we've never done before is we are including um, a what we're calling an empowerment photo shoot it can be boudoir style or not whatever our clients our our attendees of the retreat are comfortable with um but they will get like an empowerment photo shoot so a photo shoot of like them in nature or you know however and it's gonna be super fun that does sound fun. I'm really excited about that I like that empowerment. Like, yeah, you deserve to be happy. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Um, can you tell me more about the human design? Is it design that? What was it? Human. Human design. Human design. Okay. Um. Yes. So Holly talks about human design much better than I do. Um. So human design. So it, so you run a human design chart based on your birthday, birth time, and location of birth. So, um, in that regard, it's kind of similar to like astrology ish. Um, but human design is, is more, you know, it's, it's, it takes it in consideration who you are at like a DNA level, helps you understand who you are at a DNA level and what parts of maybe like the way that you think and the way that you act that are, um, like, what society has told you that you should be and it helps you like make sense of okay what's me and what's not me you know what's the self and what's the not self and how can I live true to myself um so one of the (laughs) one of the big things 
that um, I personally use human sign for is parenting. So because I have run the charts for all of my kids and I have a an understanding of who they are, I don't try to put my kids in boxes. So I don't try to make them be something that they're not. Um, everybody makes decisions in a different way. So some people need to sleep on a decision before they can make it, you know, like before they can make a decision, they need to sleep on it and like give it, um, like feel it throughout mm -hmm. the day. For myself, I need to be asked a yes or no question and I listen for that guttural response. So I know for each of my kids, like what their best way to make a decision is. So when I need them to make a decision about something, I ask them in a way that best gets the decision that they need. So like with my youngest, or with my, my five-year-old, um, you know, if she needs to make a decision, she needs to sleep on it. So we talk about our, we talk about something that she might need to make a decision about. And then I say, okay, well, let's, let's think about that for a while. Let's feel that for a while and let's make a decision later. Um, and that's, you know, I, I definitely use human design with parenting. It's like, it's like having a user manual for your kids. Like, who doesn't want that? Right. <laughs> Sign me up now. Yeah, exactly. And for yourself. Like, right. a, a user manual for yourself. Like, so that you can, like I said, make sense of what's you and what's not you. Yeah, that's yeah. super important. So cool. I feel um, like everybody needs that. It. The, yeah, society... I completely agree. And it's so like validating when you sit down and have a session with Holly and she starts talking about these self not self things like starts talking about like who you are at this like DNA level and you're like oh my gosh like yes it's like she knows you before she's ever even met you because she's looking at your chart and she tells you things and you're just like oh my gosh yes that is absolutely the experience that I have and it's so awesome and that will be at the retreat. Yes, that will be so at the retreat. Cool. And having a session with Holly will be at the retreat. Um, and you can also have a session with Holly here um, at Essential Health and Wellness. Yes. She's awesome. Um, how do you make an appointment with you guys? Just online, right? So we have online booking. Um, as of right now, we have MindBody. So you could book through the MindBody app. That will be changing when we release our new website, um, which is happening next month. Um, so that online booking is going to look a little bit different after next month. So if you, you know, if you go to our website, you can find our scheduling, um, no matter what it is, you know, like the, the old one and the new one, you can find it on our website. If you're having any trouble navigating that on our website, because, um, not like you know sometimes it's not as user friendly um you can always call or text me um our business phone forwards to my cell phone so oh. i have it with me all the time um so obviously i'm not answering it right now i'm sorry if anybody's tried to call me <laughs> <laughs> um and like when i'm with clients i don't answer but i i try to get to calls within an hour um and so you can call or text to schedule or you can schedule online. 
So as your business grows here, do you plan on continuing the therapy and the colon, like all of the things that you're doing yes. and then doing somebody to manage like your text message? <laughs> yes, because someday, someday all of the phone calls will not be forwarded to my personal cell phone that I carry with me all the time. And someday when you call essential health and wellness, you might not hear a toddler screaming in the background because I answered the phone while I was at home. <laughs> um, and someday we will have someone who is here. Um, we are, we just, you know, don't have anybody. We don't have full-time staff at the front desk yet. Um, so I do answer the phone from home and, but it's really funny the other day, a client that I had, so I had talked to her on the phone, um, and we had like a, a pretty long phone conversation before she scheduled her, her first appointment. And then I had talked to her another couple of times. Um, she had seen other practitioners and she came in the other day and I was sitting, you know, in my office working and I walked out to greet her and like say hi and introduce myself because we talked on the phone, but I'd never met her in person because she'd seen other therapists. And she said, oh, is your baby here? She's like, I want to meet your baby. And I was like, oh, I was like, nope. I was like, she's not here today. I said, she's with me a lot, but she's not here today. <laughs> That's cute. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So my, my babies are famous. My babies. Everybody knows my yeah. babies. <laughs> That's good. Um, You're doing a event coming up, right? The, like, vendor event? Yeah. We actually have two coming up in September. Um, so on September 18th, which is a Saturday, is the Suncrest Fest, which is Sunset Hills and Crestwood. It's like a little festival. Um, it's right next to Truman School on Eddian Park. Um, and we are going to have, we are a sponsor of that event, and we are going to have a table there where we will be doing... Um, like chair massage, we're gonna do Thai massage, and we're gonna do some sound therapy. And we'll be there to answer questions, to schedule appointments. Um, and then Sunday, September 26th, is the Healthy Planet Expo, which is in Webster Groves, the like Webster Groves Community Rec Center, which is um, like right there next to 44. Mm -hmm. um, that is where the Healthy Planet Expo is. We will have like the same deal. We're gonna have a booth with chair massage, time massage, and sound therapy, and we will be there answering questions and talking to people. That's great. Yes. Are you excited to like get out more? I am. I am, and I, I'm really, you know, like I'm totally looking for other opportunities like this. I would love to do like Maybe not two weekends in a row, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like Take these two one. events just like happen to be, you know, right next to each other. But yeah, I love, I love getting out there. I, I would love to do more of, of that. That would be good. Um, oh, how do you continue your, do you have to continue schooling? Yeah, so with massage therapy, you have to get a certain number of CEUs. Per year um, and in order to renew your license to continue to renew your license um, with colon hydrotherapy they don't have the same system with the CEUs um, but they do offer 
um, like continuing education classes. Um, and you can take further classes to get like a, a higher level certification. Um, and eventually, I, well, I, I don't know, like eventually you can become like a trainer um, where you're, you're actually providing the education for people if that's something that you're interested in. Um, and with the doula services, so doula services, I did a donor training and, but I did not do a certification for doula services, um, because you don't have to be certified to practice. Um, you're not, do, with doula services, you're not doing anything medical or anything. You're just providing support, um, and you do not have to, to do, be certified to do that. Um, so that is not something, you know, like that's not a certification that I keep. Perry steaming, there's no real like CEUs, but it's something that I'm going to continue education on to become a um, Perry steam hydrotherapist, which basically will just give me more knowledge on how to, how to um, tailor steam plans specifically for people. How do you do the work-life balance? <laughs> or is there uh, work-life balance for you right now? That's a really good question. So um, this past year has been a learning experience for me. Um, I've never owned a business before. And, you know, while everybody else was all, like, quarantined at home, like, not doing much... I moved, had a baby, opened a new business. Yeah, that's and... a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. Yes. So, I mean, like, I have, I have four babies, I have a business, and I have a practice. You know, like, I see clients, and... Um, one of the biggest things that I did in the past couple of months is that... Fridays and Saturdays are my day off, period. I don't work on Fridays and Saturdays. Good. Um, it seems like an easy thing to say, like, oh, well, I'm taking two days off a week. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm I pretty wasn't sure doing that. <laughs> we messaged each other over that time. Um, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I still answer the phone. Um, but I, I don't come into the office on those days. I stay home with my babies on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, so I do, I do feel like I, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. I am getting better about setting good boundaries and taking time for myself um, and taking time for my family. It'll get easier as we grow as a business and I'm able to like hire that front desk staff and stuff like that. Um, right now, like as a brand new business, like, I'm the everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the more the more we grow, the more easy it, it will be to like kind of delegate those tasks. Definitely. Um, another thing, you know, speaking of growth, we have seven treatment rooms, a huge lobby, plus a laundry room and an office. We still have space here that is not being used. Um, so if any of your listeners are practitioners of any way and, and any of these things 
in any of the things that we already do or something different that could complement what we do, I am always, always, always so happy to talk to practitioners to talk about how we can support each other, whether that, whether, you know, somebody might want to rent space or um, even if it's just how to like refer clients to each other so that we can help grow each other's businesses. Like I am always open to having conversations about that. Very and good. Scheduling time to talk to people um, because it's important when we have small businesses to support each other. Yes, that is wonderful. Yeah. I will give away an $80 gift certificate, which is a gift certificate for one 60-minute service. That one 60-minute service could be a colonic or a massage or Thai therapy or a peristeam or a facial consultation with our aromatherapist, magnotherapy. It'll be it'll be a gift certificate for basically anything you want to use it for. So much. Thank you. Yeah. I